Welcome to episode 9 of the Trail Runners Experience. My name is Daniel Ferugia and I will be your host. On today's episode, we have a very special guest. It's Mr. Brendan Davies. Now, Brendan is an elite ultra runner. He is a coach. He's based in the Blue Mountains. He has a list of victories and course records longer than the average man's arm. He recently... um, won the UTA in the Blue Mountains and for the second time. He won it the first time uh, when it was called the North Face. He is a very knowledgeable coach and an, an amazing competitor. He has he has been ranked in the top 10 in the world for 100 kilometres, I think, on more than one occasion. In 2016, he was the Australian Ultra Runner of the Year and yeah, I'm very, very lucky to get a, a great chat with him today and, and I uh, can't wait to share it with you. So put your headphones on and uh, put your running shoes on and let's go for a run and talk to Brendan Davies via Skype. Okay, so I'm sitting here with uh, Brendan Davies from Up Coaching and the um, all-round nice guy and legendary trail runner and ultra runner. So welcome, Brendan. Thanks, Daniel. I'm really happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. That's awesome, man. Um, actually, while I'm fresh, fresh in my mind, you just have recently done a few really interesting races that um, I wanted to ask you about, just launching straight <laughs> in. Um, I know you were recently just here in Adelaide and you, yeah. did, you did something that was probably a little bit out of your your normal comfort zone. Um, yeah. did 24-hour race. Tell me about that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely out of my comfort zone. Uh, look, I guess a lot of people recognise my trail running and, and road running kind of uh, achievements. But actually, you know, one of the biggest values that I've always held on to as an ultra runner is versatility, and I love running of all sorts. So, you know, I'll I'll compete in anything that really, um, really is is running and and ultra running. So, I guess it was one of those areas that I've never never done, and and it was a fresh challenge. And I've always kind of wanted to to have a a, a good crack at a twenty four hour. Um, I, I have tried previously once before, failed miserably on an athletics track in Campbelltown two years ago. Um, my body was just so sore, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, I, and after doing the one in Adelaide, I, I just tip my hat at anyone that does those 24 hours regularly. I think they're, they're the hardest of all ultra-running disciplines. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah, the, the way – I mean, I did it on a 2.2-kilometre circuit around Adelaide, so it took away a lot of that repetitiveness and the strain that your body – you know, we'll get on an athletics track doing 400 meter laps. So it wasn't even too bad, but just the just the um, the lack of variety in the terrain and uh, a lot the mental side of things. Like a lot of people say, oh, is it boring doing 2.2 kilometer circuits? Uh, no, I, I don't find that. I, I don't get that side of things. The, there's no mental boredom ever for me when I'm running. It, it's always a, a matter of going through my processes continually in my head and yeah uh, and and keeping motivated and is part of ultra running so i don't find that but just the the way it impacts on your body is is a new level um 
you know, I've done similar timed races on the trail, but of, of course the trail offers so much more variety. You use so many more muscles and skills yeah. and, and, and you just don't get beaten up half as badly. I think um, um, I think with the, the running on trails, you get that, as you say, like the variety of muscles. And so you're getting, you might be running downhill and so you're resting different muscle group at a different time, you know, like so I think running on a track and I've, I've done um some events myself on on um athletics track i did a, a 50k which i had a terrible run but um just running 50ks on the track it was so uh brutal on the on the body because it's so repetitive on the there's there's no different you know the, the foot's falling the same way every time but um yeah there's no recovery time for those muscles so yeah you did a, a stellar distance i think you were just shy of 230 and is that and I think in any other year that would have definitely got you on the podium, but you had some um, ridiculous, a couple of ridiculous guys out there in front of you. So, <laughs> now look, I never went into it to to really have that have that goal of winning or anything. It it, it came off actually um, a four week holiday after UTA. Um, I took a group of my athletes, or actually just athletes, over to Chamonix, and we did a trail running tour for two weeks and. Uh, it was pretty social, let's say. There's not there was a lot of running, but it, there was no you know training kind of element. And then I had I had another three weeks after that, basically just you know, cruising around Germany, Czech Republic, um, and just really letting my body recover from the massive campaign that you know it undergone up to UTA. So yeah. I kind of let myself go a bit. Lots of schnitzels, lots of beers, lots of um, you know just. <laughs> Just lazy days, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, I wasn't in best shape, um, but you know, I gave it a good crack. And look, the the two guys that, that came first and second, John and Felix, absolutely outstanding. It was yeah. just a pleasure to be out there and to see them go through their 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 thing because that was a a level of excellence that you know I, I can understand. You know, coming from uh, uh, setting myself those kind of same standards on the trail and the road. You know, they just gave me an exhibition of what 24-hour running is all about, and it, I, I took a lot away from that. Um, I know I can do better, of course, uh, but I have to now go and, and find the motivation uh, and the drive, the desire to do another one because I'm not sure if it's actually my cup of tea. But um, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I experienced it, and I'm sure one day I'll get that itch again to do another one. Um, but at the moment, I'm probably thinking I'm glad I did it, and uh, <laughs> just leave it at that for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's the nature of the sport, isn't it? You, the, it's you think just when you think you're done with it, with a race, and then you know it just creeps back in. I remember I ran my first marathon, and I thought, oh, that's it. I'm never going to run another marathon, or I'm never going to run any further than that. You know, that was pretty hard. I'm pretty done. Yeah. And then yeah. before you know it, you start doing ultra marathons, and it just keeps going. I think it's part of the human condition. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a little bit afraid of that as well because I know what what happens once you get past 24 hours. It just goes ridiculous, 48 hours and other stuff. I I don't know um, whether I'm ready for that. Um, well, but yeah, look, what I guess one of the main uh, one of the other motivations was was I did want to get that. Australian qualifying time, um, just because now the 100k on the roads is every two years, um, and I, I'm not getting any younger either, so I'm probably looking at doing those longer kind of things if I ever want to run at the highest level, so um, but saying that, unfortunately, the World 24 Hours just got cancelled um, oh, about really? three years ago, so... 
there's not much point. There was not much point um, even mm. qualifying. Um, although there is the Asian Championships in December, but I won't be attending that. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, just that. Just the one going to the hundred k championships. So when is uh-huh. when is that coming up? So it's exactly a month away. It's in Croatia. So we have a team of seven men and seven females heading over. It's going to be a cracking uh, championships from an Australian point of view. It's it's our, definitely our two strongest teams that I've been part of and I've been part of the last four. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how the Aussies go over there. We're training the house down at the moment um, and it's really been so, so exciting to see how the 100K um, sport has you know, has grown over the years. Like last World Championships, we had Kirsten Bull winning the World Championships. and wow. It was an opportunity missed by both, you know, just the general running press in Australia and also the ultra running um, press in Australia because, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't even know that. But we have a world champion, a current world champion. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, but we have much stronger all-round teams this, this year. So, yeah, it's really exciting. We um I, I've I've said it a few times to a few people recently. Um, a hundred k, it's like the new marathon in a sense. It's become it's such it's so much more of a race than it used to be. You know, um, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, you, you, yeah. Just to give you some insight, there, my first world championships back in uh, two thousand and eleven. I yeah, I ran six uh, fifty six and finished eleventh, and Oof. I ran six forty four, which. No, it's only 11 minutes quicker. It doesn't seem that much, but it means a lot. In in um, I did that last last World Championships and finished um, tenth. So wow. the stand the standard is is getting stronger. Um, you know, you just look at the Australian qualifying times now to make the Australian team. I made the made my first Australian 100k team off an eight just on an eight hour 100k that I ran. Now you need seven. At least seven thirty, just to even have a look. Yeah, um, it's exceptionally until... fast, isn't it? You, when you like the progression is so fast. Do, what do you attribute the um, the the sort of the rise or the necessity for going faster to qualify? Do you think is it better training, better nutrition, or a bit of everything? Look, look for me. I can just speak personally. Um, it's just a level of depth and wanting to stay on top of my game. Um, so it's. It, it, where it's a it's come off the boom of you know the general running boom in the last five years you know more participation across every type of running and, and it filters up to the higher ultra running distances eventually so as people conquer the marathon and they might get a little bit inquisitive about 100ks and um trail running especially um some trail runners might cross over to 100k so the level of of depth um has driven my training to a new level but yeah um i think generally it's just there's more knowledge out there about ultra running there's more advice available there's more coaches available to offer that you know sound advice and so all those aspects that you mentioned like nutrition and training um they're just being so they're being covered so much more um, expertly, I guess, out there, and and yeah. and, and, and there's also a higher um, level of races out there as well, and more races, but also the competition in those races is higher. So yeah, you, you you've got more opportunity to race the best. Yeah, uh, it's an exciting and, time for the sport, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I um. I, I often think about um, trail running 
um, going to like an Olympic level, um, would you ever, uh, do, you have, do you think that would be healthy for the sport or would you like to, would you like to represent at the Olympic level? I've often thought, because you've got the mountain biking, it would not be difficult to, um, to put a trail running event in the Olympic Games, you know? Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, discussion, that one, and there's there's kind of two sides to it. There's the traditional traditionalists that like to hang on to trail running being quite a, a unique individual kind of sport where it's it's not it's not um, it's not pigeonholed you know it's not made into like a, a, a kind of package if you like and I guess that's one thing you know there's mountain biking in the Olympics but it's you know it's a purpose-built five kilometer course that you do over and over and over it's not like you're doing a, a, an A to B cross-country course and I think yeah. that's where a lot of trail runners might be a little bit um, a bit worried that it might take away that uniqueness and that yeah. that quality of the sport. Um, Fair point. I can't see why, with the technology available these days, the trail running can't hold on to that. You could you could hold a an epic mountain race and have drones and yeah. um, little um, you know dune buggies and things following runners and helicopters and and that kind of thing. I think it would make a spectacular spectator sport. Um, I guess the other aspect of it too is that trail running has never had a, a governing body as such. It's it's always been a, a bit more of a private enterprise driven sport. Um, so once you you give the control over to a, a governing body like say the IAAF, then they get to put their limitations on a lot of um, the aspects of the sport, and they they start to compartmentalise it into a you know a nice nice comfortable little scale of you know that they want um so i mean it's a sport that's kind of very pure and you know it's it's so rooted into our you know prehistoric past whether you want to add that commercialism that level of um you know that that kind of one size fits all kind of approach to the sport i'm not sure whether it's you know it's the best thing but there's I a totally balance agree there with you. Can you've, raised, you've raised an excellent point there. Um, it'd be a, a bit of a shame to like standardise it, as you say. You know, like, That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so just um, going back a little bit, you did. Um, I just wanted to ask you a bit about UTA. You've um, so you did a you did a amazingly well at UTA this year, and it's your second win on that course. Um, the Back when it was North Face, what what year yeah. was your North Face victory? Was uh, that... 2013. Yeah, so five years between drinks. Yeah, it was nice to come back in 2018 and uh, and take it out again. It shows. Uh, yeah, still got it. My, my longevity in the sport, I guess. And your times, I don't know how different the course was, but you yeah. only, there's only two minutes between the time that you got back then and the time you got this year. So you did a, a nine sixteen at the UT, at North Face. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then you did yep. a, a nine eighteen this year. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, the course is um, the first half of the course is basically much the same. This the the uh, trails covered in the course are much the same. It's just the order of things have swapped around a bit. Um, and I, I think the this year's course is slightly more difficult, um, and I kind of rank this year's result much better than my 2013 
win, although that was a very special day. But I just think I'm a, a, that, that better a runner these days. And I think if I was to go back and do the old course, I'd probably get closer to breaking um, nine hours in on that course. This yeah. one is a little bit more difficult. In, not Obviously, because the course is almost exactly the same, it's just the order of things. So, for example, in the old course, we used to go down a lot of the steps that we now go up. Right. Uh, Kind of thing so yeah there's just little minutes uh, that kind of add up yeah um you're i know in your preparation and your your wife is obviously a big you've got a huge support crew but i know your wife is a big part of it all and in your race report that you wrote um on your website um your wife nadine she she actually she put had some input she wrote in because to, to show her like this how from her perspective can you tell me a little bit about more how your wife has supported you in this? Oh, yeah. So she she obviously has a, a, a unique perspective on things, and she sees me from from a different angle. You know, um, she sees the obsessiveness of my training, and she sees how disciplined I am in my life, and she she sees how tightly I can you know get involved in um, in in the jazz and the and the you know the pre-race type of um, activity. So she, she really is a can can offer that level of um, you know support that uh, in the way where she knows what's best for me in any certain time. So um, yeah, so she she in the in the weeks pre- leading up to the race, she really helped me relax by getting me away. We went away for a weekend and. And we didn't. I wasn't allowed to get on social media or, or you know, get involved in any any anything like that. Um, so she she pulls me back when I need to be. Um, and she's also a psychologist uh, herself in her day job. So we we walk we work through a few um, things that I want to carry into the race mentally, and so not to hold on to my usual type of race pattern um, right. of it. Yeah, so just new new ways of, of executing the race, new new ways to um, mental things to go into the race with, I guess. And, and, um, and, and yeah, and just helps me um, stay relaxed. And, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, and so yeah. it was obviously a very emotional victory. I mean... It always is, I suppose. But um, was this any more? Uh, did it feel any more special finishing this year's race? Oh yeah, definitely. It was. Um, it was a long campaign training-wise that yeah. I invested a lot of hours into, and um, I took a lot of risks too. So to have that relief that the 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 risks that I took, not during the race, more so in training. Um, yeah. In right. that, yeah, and also just that kind of pre-race um, stuff I went through with Nadine, and that all came off on the day. It was I, I kind of had to put myself in a position during the race that I didn't. I, I felt uncomfortable. It, it makes me. It was unusual. It was different to how I usually approached a race. So wow. for that work and cut to come off, really, it was really a special moment. Yeah. So it was definitely a team effort out there. Yeah. It's uh, running, ultra running is not just a whole body sport, it's a whole body and mind sport and spiritual, if you're into that, like, I do think it does, 
it completely depletes you of every ounce of ego, I think. I've, I don't know. Everybody who has run an ultra has had a bad one at some point in their life. And um, I find that it's in, when you get to that dark place, and I know you have no doubt been in the dark places. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I think those are the real, they really reveal the character, your true character. And um, did you, have you had any experiences, maybe not just in UTA, but where you've had gone to the real dark place and how you've dug yourself out of it? Oh, absolutely, plenty. You know, that's my, that's kind of like my usual um, race plan. It's to go in there and, and to give it everything I've got. And um, if I get to that dark place, I'll work myself out of it and I'll, I'll finish the race and I'll be brave and courageous and I'll um, give it all I've got. But um, Embrace it. Embrace it, yeah, but yeah, and this in UTA was a little bit different. I, I really didn't want to. I didn't really didn't want to go there. I knew I prepared so well, and I didn't want to um, let my ego, like you're saying, um, you know, carry me, carry me, uh, get, get carried away with my ego, you know, and start yeah. racing people too early. And so I really kind of um, went into it with a much more uh, conservative approach um which worked but yeah i've been many times in those dark places where you just want to curl up and and and, and go away and and yeah and yeah you just you just uh at the end of the day you've put yourself in that position so i always think you got to get yourself out of it and that's the true test of character it's it's um you can you can dnf or you can just get yourself out of it and and i've always chosen the latter because that's that's the nature of the sport um i think that's very revealing because i mean a lot of people would look at as someone such as yourself an elite athlete and think that you never have that every race is sort of good you know what i mean like they so it is it's definitely a, a real link between the amateur athlete and the elite athlete that's something we all have in common and I, I mean, I, yeah. we're all human. And I, I always say that at the, at the 90K point in any 100K race, there's not many people at the front or at the back that feel good, you know? <laughs> Everyone's suffering. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's different scales of suffering and, the, and yeah. it looks different. I guess that's the thing that most people, um, like you're saying, they may not relate with an elite athlete. Um, at the top front end of the field because they're looking a lot more comfortable, but they're actually pretty much hurting the same way as anyone else is. It's it's uh, it's just that they're you know obviously able to function a little bit high, uh, better, I guess, under that suffering. Well, that's um, what you train to. I mean, obviously, and you've yeah. got that you've got a and you've got an in-house psychologist who can help you through that kind of <laughs> stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've suffered badly in lots and lots of races, and you know. Three weeks before UTR, I did UTMF in Japan, and I basically walked the last 20 kilometers and passed by you know, 10 to 15 people. And oh, really? It was, it was a pretty dark kind of place to be in those last 20Ks. You know, your body is is basically busted, and um, you've got like 800-meter um, scrambly climbs ahead of you to tackle before the finish line. It's not a nice place to be. Um, knowing that this is going to take me at least 90 minutes just to go this kind of five kilometers or something. It's just, yeah, it's it's sort of humbling and you just got to, you just got to take it back to basics and go, look, all I've got to do is put one foot in front of the other and continue. And that's going to get me to the finish line. (laughs) That's it, man. Uh, That's amazing. Do you ever have a, um, 
uh, Danny Glover moment, like um, in Lethal Weapon, when you, you know when he always says, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> do, do you ever have those moments? I think I, I think I had one the other day on a training run. <laughs> yeah. All the time, all the time. All yeah, the same. Time. <laughs> when things don't go to plan, uh, well, not to plan, but when things, you know, fall apart a little bit, it's, it's always, yeah, why am I doing this, why? But, yeah, it's... It's only yeah. temporary, those thoughts. That's it. Well, I think that that's part of the mental discipline, isn't it? And um, being able to know, recognise those those negative thoughts. I think it's such a big part of the sport. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. fascinating. Um, I was just going to ask you um, a little bit about, I mean, you've got such a huge, you've, done, you've got a huge back catalogue of races that you've done and you've done exceptionally well in. And um, I was flicking through your your website and looking at your um your all your race reports and you've documented so many of them so well which i think is it's really insightful you know we learn a lot um one of them that popped up was um the buffalo stampede from a few years ago which is a oh. race that i did this year and um oh. yeah it's a brutal race <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't been so good with the race reports over the last kind of three or four years but earlier on in I, I did a lot more documentation, but yeah, that Buffalo, I've only done that once. I also did the 26 one year as well. That's a very tough event. Um, yeah. There's a lot of lot of skills required in that event that are very difficult to train for in Australia. It's much more European kind of race. Um, yeah. yeah. Just a lot more reliance on hiking speed and, um, and not as much on continuous running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What would you say, um, as a as an athlete or as a runner, what is your you're probably obviously what I'd say not weakness, what's your area that would you like to improve on or that you're always trying to improve on? Cause... Um Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's I've I always try and challenge my weaknesses. So um I obviously work on my strengths, but I work on my weaknesses even more. And then when it's um, leading into a race that is not like in my sweet spot, then yeah, I'll, I'll work even harder on those. It, it, I, I guess it, everyone has their own kind of natural, um, you know, sweet spot for races. Mine is more running races. So anything that is you know, terrain that's runnable. Yep. Uh, so I've done really well at like Comrades and Western States and um, UTA because on the majority you can run the entire course. Yeah. Um, if you're fit enough and you've ticked all the boxes in your strength and conditioning and, you know, it's it's that kind of event. The, the more mountainy events, the ones that were require – a lot of hiking and a lot of technical prowess. They're kind of like the ones I've never really tested myself too often on. I, I've done UTMF like four times, and that's a proper mountain, mountainy course. Although there is a lot, it's a funny course actually because there's massive, massive climbs and and descents that are just ridiculous in that. But in between the mountains, it's it's all pretty flat running. So yeah, right. It, it's like a, it's a funny race because it's not all in the mountains, say like UTMB. It's, it, it's got some vicious climbs and descents in it, but there's a lot of running in it as well. 
So I've done that four times and I've done really well twice. Like top five, I got top five one year and, um, and that, you know, that race has 10,000 metres of, of elevation loss and gain in it. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess it would be something like uh, UTMB or one of those real technical mountainy races in Europe. They're, they're, that's the kind of frontier I've never really tested myself on. Um, and, yeah, to do that, it would require, like, a lot of creativity in my training and, a lot less, um, a lot less training. You know, more uh, different training to what I what I tend to do, which is, um, you know, a lot of flat speed based running as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not really a requirement of a race like that. So you'd have to get out on the trails, do lots of hiking and power based um, kind of training. Um, but yeah, so that that would be like the the final frontier for me. And I'm I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, I'll I'll, I'll do UTMB one year and I'll train really well for it and see how I go. Yeah, that's that's um. Yeah. I think um I'm friends with one of your athletes that you coach, Andrew Hoff, who's oh, yeah. heading yeah. over to UTMB uh, very soon. He's done exceptionally well under your uh, under your guidance. I mean, he, the guy is just a a natural. Um, He's just a solid athlete all yes. around, I think, you know. Yes. And, um, yeah. yeah, he, um, but no, the UTMB is coming up in a couple, when is it, a couple of weeks' time? I'm not even yeah, sure. Yeah, a couple of weeks. I mean, Andrew's yeah. a really good example of someone that um, we've had to switch his training, you know, around quite a lot. So, um, yeah, he, he's obviously fast, so we're, we're, we're not leaving that side of his training too we're maintaining that but we've also added a lot more climbing kind of sessions and and power based um hiking sessions with weight vests and yeah. pole and lots of lots of downhill sessions to build that conditioning into his body um so really equally kind of trying to train that side of things as well um and that's kind of like what those races over there require you know the climbs aren't half an hour they're like some of them are 90 minutes so yeah yeah extreme <laughs> yeah. climbing yeah yeah um so no i've seen he's doing well i see him out in the trails and he's um he looks strong and he's moving well he's i mean he's always been quite fast and so but yeah so i you know everyone in south australia is cheering for him um that yeah. so that brings me to up coaching so you're yeah. a you're a accomplished coach and you've been doing that for a number of years as well. And um, so tell me about the, the business and what you get out of it. Oh, I get a lot of satisfaction um, seeing, you know, athletes achieve across the entire spectrum, whether they're at the front or the back or the middle of the pack. It's, uh, it's an yeah. amazing feeling to have a, an input into their development. Um, and, and yeah, yeah so, yeah, I, I personally coach, you know, um, athletes across the whole spectrum. I just don't pigeonhole myself into, say, the the more top-end people, uh, although I tend to take those athletes because of my level of experience gives me a lot more insight than if, um, yeah. into that kind of level that is required and, and all the other little aspects that come with it away from the training um, aspect. But, yeah, so it's, it's really cool. I've got, like, a... Um, handful of coaches all around Australia that kind of um, work for me and I'm able then to to offer that more individualized um, a, a approach for athletes that inquire so yeah 
if, if they say are doing a race in Europe, then I've got um, you know some great coaches with lots of experience doing those type of races, and uh, I've got like say Jonathan Warswick, who's been on the scene a long, long time. Um, yeah, he he's he's got extensive ultra trail history, um, and he's a little bit more senior, so I can I can give athletes um, that require that level of support um, yeah. to him, and then I've got like say Dave Kennedy in WA, who's really a 24-hour specialist, so 24-hour runners I can filter through to to him. And then I've got like um, you know some local coaches that uh, that live around here. That's, Blue Mountains is more the the base, I guess. And yeah. So yeah, we do local sessions for for those athletes as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. You're. That's um. Oh, where was I recently? I was I was out in Broken Hill, and during the school holidays, my wife's family's in Broken Hill, and um, we they went and did the local park run there, and there was one of your athletes was there actually. Um, oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I forget her name, but I, she was a, she's probably in her, maybe in her 50s. And she just, I, I didn't see until I looked at my results and it said that she was with Up Coaching. And I'm like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's there's people all around Australia. That's the beauty of the, the online kind of based programs you can get now that, um, yeah, we can coach. I coach people that are in New Zealand even. Yeah. Um, and, and a, a guy in Turkey as well. So well, no yeah, it's, really, it's really a cool um, job because you can kind of take it anywhere and do it anywhere and you don't need to be necessarily in one place to do it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. Look, I um, as a coach myself, I, I mean, I obviously am not operating on the level that you are. It's a small operation. But um, I live, you know, at the foot in the Adelaide foothills and so we do a lot of training on the trails here and you've got um they're, they're not as um the hills are not as big as over where you are but it's still still really great for trail running you know like um and trail running has really boomed here in Adelaide uh, over yeah. the recent years and um but yeah so and I get a similar sort of satisfaction I have a, a I, myself I, I have probably a, a small a fairly small number of athletes and it's just me doing it at the moment but um yeah it's trail running there's just there's not been a, a great deal of trail running coaches out there until recently you know it's becoming because i think people are starting to see that it requires a, it's a different discipline to just flat road running or something like that so um you yeah. know have any insights that you'd like to share maybe about um sort of i don't know people Without giving away any trade secrets, obviously, <laughs> but like yeah, just yeah. you're um you know people who say who are listening to this and think, gee, I, I really like the idea of moving from road to trail, but you know they sort of often don't know where to start. Like I'm thinking like beginner runners because I remember the first time I ran a trail race, I I absolutely felt like I got run over by a bus, <laughs> you know. I just, every part of me hurt in ways that I've never hurt before, you know? It was just so much, just the, I think the, the change in terrain and the steepness of the hills. Like, yeah. what would you yeah. pass on? Oh, look, um, I will say one thing. Is don't pigeonhole yourself into being one sort of runner. So if you're, if you love the trails and, and you consider yourself 
mainly a trail runner, that's great. But don't neglect training on different surfaces still because there's a lot to gain out of doing truck sessions. There's a lot to gain out of doing tempo sessions on the road still. You can do a lot of your training on the trails too, but if you did all your training on the on the trails, you, you probably wouldn't become the best trail runner you can be. So my operation here, we we offer all the variety of training. We do track training um, every Thursday because um, it doesn't matter what sort of runner you are, trail, track, tra- uh, road, whatever, you need to get fit and you need to develop your VO2 and you need to develop your lactic threshold. And the only really way you can do that well, I believe, is in a really kind of um, – structured environment where you can control things yeah. uh, that's that's my that's probably a little bit of my philosophy of a coach because you can of course replicate stuff on the trails but for me it's not as effective and you definitely can't do group training as well on a trail yeah and one of the reasons i do track training is for that group dynamic the the group training effect you know of running with other people of similar abilities to pushing yourself a little bit more each week to run with that person that you've been trying to stick with and that sort of thing. So, yeah, don't ever just pigeonhole yourself into one one category of runner. And that's the same for road runners as well. Like get out on the trails and run trails for the very reasons that you spoke about. It's going to develop all those other muscles. It's going to give you that all-round strength and it's going to help you, um, you know, just uh, be a bit more resistant to injury because if you didn't, you're running on the road all the time, you all those repetitive strain injuries, all those, you know, classic running injuries, ITB and tendonitis, that, that's what happens yeah. when you're just constantly just pounding, pounding, pounding the same muscles over and over. So, yeah, it's all, for me, it's all about variety. Um, but, you know, having those controlled sessions as well where you're actually, you know, um, setting a goal for the session. You're, you're setting, a, you know, this is the idea of this session. We are, we are today going to work on, you know, building up our our pure speed, our neuromuscular speed, or um, you know, we might do long reps another time. All right, we are now purely just working on building our VO2 today. So it's 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 always about variety for me, um, and that's my advice to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's some really solid advice. I think anyone listening should be taking notes. <laughs> it's, um... oh, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it might be the icing on the cake for a lot of people as well. So, yeah, if you're more recreationally based, look, your long runs, um, they're, they're obviously the most important element of your week. Um, yeah. But same, same applies. You know, don't, don't, just, don't just always get stuck into running the same pace all the time. Um, try and mix it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, yeah. Um, I think everyone has the ability to get faster and it does take a bit of structure. You know, so that's, I mean, that's always been my philosophy too. And I, like with the long runs, I couldn't agree more. I call them the backbone. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, that's fantastic. Um, I um, was going to ask you very quickly about your current sponsors. So you've got, um, you've got a few interesting sponsors, uh, Innovate and Hammer. And um, do you, who else have you got on board at the moment? Uh, look, that's the uh, the innovative been my main sponsors for nearly ten years now. So I've never worn any other shoes on the trail, and um, 
and also where their road running range of shoes, I've always been happy with that more minimalist kind of uh, approach to running shoes. So yeah, yeah. they suit fine. And I mean, that company's grown over the years I've been part of them. So when they first were involved uh, with, with my running with shoes only, but now it's gone into apparels and packs and everything like that. So yeah, it's been a real blessing for me over the years having their support. Um, Hammer as well. Yeah. It, all these little um, gels and things, they all add up over the years. Um, yeah. So having that level of support, it, it, it's wonderful because nutrition is such an important part of um, ultra running and, and training as Absolutely. well. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've been really good to me as well for almost 10 years. Um, they've been my main too. And, and then, you know, I've had a few um, smaller uh, sponsorships. So, um, and it all adds up, and I'm always grateful for the level of support, you know. So um, socks, um, I've recently just started wearing LeBent um, socks, and oh, yes. all, one of the reasons I actually agreed with them is that their thermals, their um, like base layers. I wear nothing else in winter up here in the mountains because it's it is cold. So yeah, they they make really good base layers and mid layer thermals, and um, the only other, the only other kind of sponsor is um, uh, Aerodax. You know, um, yeah, right. The the, uh, the undergarments for men in uh, running, yeah, they're just really comfortable underwear. So good. Um, Stops the yeah. chafing. <laughs> and, and I mean, a few other little things as well. I've got a relationship with the local running shop here, um, Blue Mountains Running Company. Um, they've been really great to me as well. Um, and that and then, yeah and and but yeah I don't look for much it's just yeah, yeah it's it, just they come to you yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome man like obviously with your I think you probably you give a lot to the I think like I said before you give a lot to the running community in terms of you're a coach which you're helping people and I know that's a business but you're also you're generous with your time um you and you've got that huge back catalogue of race reports. You should you should keep doing them, man. Because I, I, I swear I learned a lot from reading your race reports. I haven't. Yeah, they're really. I know they're time consuming, and um, they're, they're bloody great. You know, it's a good. People love to. I think listening to things like podcasts and watching videos are really good. But there's something to be said just for reading, um, reading something. You know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's like you say. I just wish I had the time to do it. Maybe one day I'll. I'll write a book or something. <laughs> once uh, I retire, once definitely. I retire from competitive running, that's my that's my standard answer when anyone says, "When are you going to do this?" Uh, when I retire, because <laughs> training literally takes at least two hours out of every day. So it's huge, yeah. Uh, you know, so that's a lot of time. Just and then and then I've got to work on top of that. So and yeah. then of course the training is tiring. So I need to sleep and all that kind of thing. So as important well. for recovery, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, um, yeah, you so you retirement speaking of retirement, you're not um not retiring anytime soon, are you? Um Is well, it come up it and goes that thought. Um I really have achieved just about everything I have, but then something else will come along. So last so last uh, May, uh, you know, uh, June, sorry, Steve Way from Great Britain came third in Comrades. And I, I never thought I'd go back to Comrades until I, I saw what he did there. And he's 44 and I'm 41. So I just look at that and go, well, 
Yeah. I can't use Ange as an excuse. <laughs> um, whether I've got the desire to train at that level, um, but yeah, it, it, there's a few things I still want to want to cross off the list, you know. And I came 19th in comrades, but I really want to give that top ten a, a, another crack. And yeah, right. <laughs> my, my my race was on the down downhill, so that's in 2020. So I think that's going to be my next massive kind of campaign it's going to be um comrades 2020 on the down course as well again um and see if i can go top 10 there and then maybe utmb as well um like i mentioned earlier and that's about it i I think you know i've achieved just about everything else i feel like you know i'm happy with top 10 the 100k world champs was good enough last time so um you know uh i feel like i've podiumed enough in australia and, and yeah. that kind of nothing else i really want to tick off there western states i got top 10 there so yeah, yeah i'd love to go back and give it another crack but whether it's uh, practical or not to do i don't know um but yeah look I, I think from competitive running there's only probably one or two big builds and campaigns left in me yeah and I'll probably just enjoy the sport and still be competitive in age group stuff, but I'm not going to do the level of training that's going to um, be required to like win events and stuff. That's that can't go on forever. So um, yeah, it's getting closer anyway, but I'm not quite ready just yet. Yeah, good. Yeah, you've got. I guess you'll know when you're ready. You'll um, you <laughs> you it'll it won't be. You won't have to um and ah about it. You'll just definitely be. Yeah, I'm done. But, um, That's right. Yeah. 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 And as, as long as you're still yeah. enjoying it and the body's holding up, there's why stop, you know? Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I get a lot of satisfaction still out of, um, you know, running, uh, running uh, races and, and going well in. Yeah. It, 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 I learn a lot from that process as a coach as well that I'm able to pass on. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm really inspired by Masters athletes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll still kind of compete at that level, but in the open level, I guess, you know, the, no one can do that forever. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah. absolutely awesome, man. You've, yeah, you've, well, you've been an inspiration to me because I, I read all your stuff and, you know, follow you and, I you know, UTA this year, I, I felt like I was there, you know, <laughs> you know, just and because and you're, you know, I'm 39, so I'm only a couple of years behind you. But I mean, I'm obviously not an, I'm an amateur, but you know, at the same time, there's that 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 desire to push. You know, like I, I I like to think I've still got my best, a couple more really good years of running in front of me. You know, before I go in. You know, I'm 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 probably saying I'm a reasonable amateur. You know, that was, yeah, that, that's a really important thing to hold on to because I'm yeah. always held on to that. I. I I feel like there's still my best run to come. Uh, I really do. Um, yeah. I mean, I had an awesome run at UTA this year, but there was always also little bits here and there that I go, well, I could have done that better. I could have prepared a little bit better in this area. Yeah. So always that thought in my mind and what's dry, it keeps me driven. Um, but, man, look, age is not a barrier at all. It's it's a sport where you can be competitive in well into your you know your your 30s and 40s and and longer you just look at some of the women around the world um uh, that are winning these ultra trail races they're they're in their 40s and and it's a lot of it is experience um based so the more experience you get under the belt the better uh, ultra runner you become 
Um, so yeah, yeah the, the, the physical benefits of being young and youthful aren't always um, aren't always great. Also, because you have that exuberance, you have that energy, and that maybe recklessness is the wrong word, but you just don't have that that uh, understanding of um, of your body contentment in my in your mind too like yeah you, you got to control your mind in in ultra running so yeah i mean the, i think it is a, a sport that you can uh, you can achieve well into your later years in yeah, so absolutely yeah. no it, oh, look you see it all the time uh, you, you can never judge a book by its cover out on the trails or in, mm. ultra, or in ultra running you know see some absolutely. old some old bloke tearing past me you know he looks like you know you see i see it all the time in races you know so i can't I can't, uh, can't judge. Um, I'm going no. to have to let you go here in a minute, my friend. But, um, no yeah. but um, yeah. I've got, before I finish, I've got something that I do with all my guests and I we finish with a fast five. So okay. Five questions and they're just short and it's the same five questions I ask everybody. So um, we'll see how we go with them, hey? Um, all right, you ready? Yes. Okay, go. so question one. What is your favourite running film? Ooh, um, YouTube Giannis Kuros uh, movie, and um, it's a little YouTube movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. It might sound a bit crazy, but there's just a couple of little moments in that film that are just are just really really insightful, and they take. They yeah they take me to that level of understanding of ultra running that only ultra runners would get. Um, yeah, Excellent. so I'm gonna I'm gonna it, YouTube that. It's this, ridiculously this good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he he was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, question two. This is probably an easy one for you. Roads or trails? Oh, it's a hard one actually because yeah. I, I work in different phases. So the first half of this year was obviously trail, but the whole second half of this year is road, and that's generally how I've done it all through my career. So I'd have to say it's split evenly down the middle. Ooh, a fifty-fifty. That's the first fifty-fifty yeah. I've had. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get sick of trail running. Don't worry. I, yeah. I, it's too much of a good thing sometimes. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm doing a lot of road running myself at the moment, and it actually feels quite nice to be out and just to be able to hold a pace, a consistent pace for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Question three. Oh, it's not a question. I want you to finish this sentence. Running gives me happiness. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, I, I guess in a very one-word, simple answer, that's what it comes down to. That's cool. No, yeah. um, that's a good answer. As good as any. Um, question four, you've kind of already answered, but I'll ask it again. Um, what is your bucket list race? Oh, very lucky to have done a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and the only one I probably would love to do that I haven't is UTMB. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's the, the, always at the top of the bucket list, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of others I want to do as well, mind you, but that one's always at the top. That, that's pretty prestigious, that one, too. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the question five, you're on the last kilometre. Um, your favourite post-race treat? Um, <sighs> what do you, what's the first thing you put in your mouth when you're finished? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe uh, like a Gatorade or something, but I wouldn't call that a treat. No. Uh, like a... Probably like once I'm done and recovered enough, I'll go out and have a you know 
a pizza and a beer. I think that's pretty much a treat for me. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I don't get to do it too often. So yeah. after grace uh, i try not to reward myself with food too often either because it's not the greatest habit to get into but after a big big race yeah i mean nothing beats a pizza and a beer no that's that's a fair point i um <laughs> yeah i'll go pizza myself but um yeah no definitely but um no that's really good answers man all right well um thank you for coming on to the podcast it's been an it's been a pleasure to talk to you man and um, everybody, I'm sure everybody will absolutely enjoy this, have, listening to you and following you in your upcoming race, so, which the next, the 100K is in a month, did you say? Yeah, so it's on the um, 8th of uh, September in Croatia. Yeah. Uh, and so you'd be yeah, so, really yeah. right up there. You'd be in a pretty heavy training phase at the moment, wouldn't you? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like finishing off um, my, my, uh, my big loading um, post my holiday kind of uh, relax. So I've loaded up again and I'm into 200 kilometer weeks at the moment. So yeah, wow. it'll start to taper down from here and I'll add a little bit more faster kind of stuff. But yeah, so also the week after as well, for some ridiculous reason and something I've always kind of done in my career is I'm doing the Sydney Marathon on the 15th or the 16th of uh, September. Oh, wow. I've yeah, done running, that one. running for New South Wales that day. So we'll see how I go in that. That could be an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> see how yeah. your legs are holding up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll do well. But, um, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That was my first ever marathon was the Sydney Marathon. So, what, uh, mine too? what year? Uh, 2012. Mate. That might, be, might have been the same year I did it too. I, oh, I, really? I, I, it was either 2011 or 2012. That was my first marathon. I did 3.13. Oh, really? Um, yeah, what time did you do? I was actually, I was like 3.30. Oh, wow. wow. So <laughs> That's pretty I, weird. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, yeah, it was definitely my first road marathon. So, yeah. yeah. I've done significantly more trail ultras than I have um, marathons. I've only, amazingly, I, it's almost, I don't know if I'm proud of this or ashamed of it, um, but I've only ever run two road marathons in my life, but I've run, I, I've lost count of how many ultras I've done. So it's just funny. Once I started, once I fell in love with the trails, I, that's, I haven't gone back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely done more ultras and marathons in my life too. It's, yeah. I've always managed to fit in two or three road marathons a year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just one of those things I like to do. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. Well, maybe I'd like to go back and do the Sydney Marathon again in the next year or two. I've um, definitely, I um, I made all the rookie mistakes when I did it my first time. Did, you know, yeah. Went too fast, didn't drink enough, you know. But um, no, it was good. It's a beautiful course. <laughs> yeah. Changed a since then, um, thankfully, it's now a little bit more scenic and less hilly. So, oh, um, no. should I come along and um, and give it another crack? I will. I will soon. Okay, buddy. I will let you go. Um, just I'll just um, we'll say goodbye on the podcast first. Okay. So, um, Brendan Davies, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me on your show. It's all right. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode of the Trail Runners Experience. 
it was so interesting for me to talk to a runner of Brendan's calibre and experience and also just to get his coaching insights. Um, don't forget, if you really are enjoying these episodes, share them with your friends, tell everybody. It costs nothing for you to listen and it would cost you nothing just to share it, and it, it would, but it would mean the world to me. Okay, guys, I uh, look forward to the next couple of episodes. We've got some really interesting guests coming up. All right, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.